Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We are coming to you following a very frustrating loss. The Mavericks fell to the Chicago Bulls on the road, 118-110. Uh, Josh, I know how you're doing because we've been talking for the past half hour, and this is just a kind of, you know, really, really crappy game. I did not need this game the night before I go back to work for the first time in two weeks. Come on, man. Yeah. What are they doing to me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was crap. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was crappy. Um, it kind of, I'm not going to lie. It was really defeating to see Luca uh, ruled out hours before the game started. And to be honest, Kirk, I penciled this in as a loss as soon as that announcement was made. Um just don't. I just do not think this version of the Mavericks are good enough to win without their two best players. Oh, and I don't it's think... high key arrogant. It is yeah. arrogant. And yeah, let's get into that because I think that's the story of the game to me. I, really, I want to talk about the play itself, but I yeah. think to sit Luca with a with a boo boo is the Mavericks <laughs> looking at the schedule, looking at the fact that the Bulls had four players out due to COVID related reasons, and thinking they could steal one on the road. The the tactician in me understands it because it's a long season with you know they play again tomorrow night against the Rockets we're going to be right back in this but this was a tactical error that just speaks to the Mavericks thinking they are a team that they're currently not and I just can't emphasize that enough the Mavericks partially survived without Luka in mid-December on last year because everything was clicking when Luca went down. Everybody on this team right now sucks. <laughs> Jalen Brunson had a fine game, but it's because he has like a 33% usage rate in the game. You know, he loves taking the tough shots. I, I, I respect how much he came out and played his butt off, but that's not a normal game for him. He, he, he The rest of the team has not been very good and it just, it was like watching, it was just like watching a bunch of guys that was unsure of what they were supposed to do outside of Brunson. It was really painful. I'm, I'm, and I cannot believe that they thought they could get away with this with how poorly they played in four out of, or in, in at least three games this season. Now it's the fourth. Yeah. I mean, sitting Luca in a game like this, that feels like a decision you make if you're four and two or yes. five and one. Um, just it, and especially because it wasn't like it wasn't like he rolled his ankle and he struggled to finish that game against the Heat. Rick said he heard it. He got his thigh, you know, someone banged a knee to the thigh in the second quarter, um, yeah. and he played the rest of the second half. And I understand, you know, adrenaline and when you when you're done playing, but it stuff up, hurts. Getting dead yeah. legged like hurts. Yeah, like, but he probably is not comfortable. I'm not right. sitting here saying he's a baby or right. anything, but well, and it's obviously like. You know, Luca. This was there was no way that was you know he he probably had to be kicking and screaming, told not to play. Like you know, that's Luca. Like he would yeah. play. I mean, he would play with both his ankles sprained if they would let him. So he played I, like a busted thumb last year that just kept getting hit. Yeah. You know, so. what, what are we What are we doing sitting him in this? And this is it's one of these games that the Mavericks in the bubble and then repeatedly later in the season after they got off to that 16 and six start played like a team last season, I'm saying played like a team that were, that had the margin for error. And that was how they ended up with the seventh overall seed in the West and playing the Clippers. When had they just taken care of business a few more times, 
they would have been the four seat. They were one and a half games back, folks. I'm going to beat that into the ground because people seem to think they just, you know, they were happy to be there in the playoffs. They were a good team and they should have done better. And this is a team right now that is a bad team that is has no business playing like this. I, all of these things are compounded because a basketball team is still a team. And, you know, they have all these other issues, which we're going to get to because they reared their head in that game. And, and I'm not sure what is going through their heads right now because are, are they just hoping to play 500 basketball? Well, they're two and four, so they're not doing that. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I, I don't really – I don't really have anything else to add because I completely agree with you. I don't know – they, I mean, they. You're right. They thought they could steal this game on a back to back. They thought that they could play Luke, give Luca a night off, and they could play Houston and bring him back. Because you got to imagine he's going to play against Houston. Now, if yep. he doesn't play against Houston, then it's like, okay, he's sure. there's something wrong. But if he plays, if he plays tomorrow, then it's. I mean, it's pretty clear that they thought that they could get away with it, and it it blew up in their faces. And they're two and four now. It's not a gigantic hole, but you play Houston tomorrow. That's not a gimme, and Man, you're staring at a potential two and five, and it's just like you gotta, they gotta find a way to stop the bleeding right now. And like you said, no one is really playing well enough. It's bit, you know, basically the only two guys that I think had solid games were Brunson and Kleba. And even those games come with qualifiers. Uh, Brunson didn't finish the game as strongly as you probably would have hoped. And Kleba had didn't make a ton of great defensive plays even though his shot still looks great he seems to be the only Mavericks role player immune from this this slump that they're in yeah um I don't know where they would be offensively if he wasn't making shots because no I mean Kirk no one's making shots uh I mean that's the story this the story of the season is uh they're down what like five or six with less than a minute left and they get three pretty decent three-point looks in one possession because they got a couple offensive rebounds and they missed all of them. All of them. That's the, that's the season so far, right? Yeah, and and so let's you know the qualifier of Jalen Brunson had a heck of a game. Seven, uh, 11 to seventeen, thirty-one points, seven assists, five boards. The board, the rebounding was really something because nobody, you know, the other thing you just talked about, like not hitting shots. The Mavericks aren't rebounding. I I pick out players that I'm watching on certain possessions now just to kind of see what happens with the rebound. And watching Tim Har- uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. just not box out is is becoming a cherished pastime. But he just doesn't do anything. I mean, he is such a one note player; it's embarrassing. Uh, he got beat on a backdoor cut uh, as the game was within five, um, and he he just doesn't know what's going on around him. Um, he's shooting the ball so horribly. He's 16 of 49 on the year for three point attempts. Uh, he was two of 12 tonight. Uh, he, he had the team worst negative, uh, negative 16, just really not, not a good basketball player right now. And he picked a heck of a time to regress from his three point shooting ways that were really important for the Mavericks last year. I mean, he's just missing everything wide open shots, contested shots. I don't know where to start with him because you know the running joke last year was if, if Hardaway's having a tough time let, let's hope his dad shows up to a game you know Hardaway senior can't come to games so <laughs> like, what's gonna happen yeah I think this is a good this this stretch that he's playing is a good example that a lot of um when he was having his career year last year last season and, and by you know 
I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from what he did last season because he was really, I mean, he was, I think, the difference maker in where the Mavericks finished and where my preseason expectations were. I just did not think they would have a player like him uh, on the roster, like just a role player that can make threes at a high volume next to Luka and KP. So, like, he was, he was just huge for them last season, but somehow that got like, his hot shooting somehow got turned into like other narratives about like, Oh, well, this is like the best defense he's ever played. And he's like a better player. He's more over, he's a more complete player now. And in my head, I was like, guys, like he's, he's been great, but he's just making a lot of shots. Like he's making a lot of shots. Like he's still not a good defender. You know, he's still not a good, uh, you know, necessarily a good finisher at the rim, you know, all that other stuff. It felt like that kind of got pumped up to go along with his three point shooting. And now you're seeing it. He can't shoot. And he, he really doesn't – he when he can't shoot, he is a minus player, and he harms you on the court. And yeah. I think that's the bottom line with him. He yeah. has to make shots to be impactful. And then we, we roll through the rest of the starting lineup. You know, the, the GOAT of the game, once again, in, early, in the early portion of the game, was Dwight Powell, who he was – like, he was the closest man to the Bulls players who scored their first six baskets. And we pulled a stat prior to the game. He is giving up 82% at the rim. He is not, he might as well not be there. Like it's kind of a running gag where, you know, I'm hard on him. You kind of defend him. This is a thing we've been doing for years, (laughs) but there's no more with it. He is an unplayable basketball player at the moment. And I don't understand how he stays on the floor. He had two air ball layups in the restricted area. Not not like over the rim, undershot. He is just, it, it's like watching a guy who has the yips, but also is playing on one leg. I'm not sure what they're doing with him right now. It's 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 kind of upsetting. Yeah, because he's he's not being put in a position to succeed because it's pretty it's pretty clear that he's the Achilles injury has has zapped him pretty hard, and it's almost feels like they're trying to let him play it out on the court. Yes. Which would be fine if they were if they were better. Like if they were winning games and he was he was the minus part of the of the team, but the rest of the team was playing well, he'd be like, all right, well, let's just try to get him ready so he's ready for the second half of the season, maybe. But uh he does yeah, you're right, he didn't have it. I, I've been a Powell supporter for, for a while now, and a lot of that was driven by uh his energy level and how good he was as an offensive player. And man, if he's one for four, four points, and I mean that is a pretty common stat line for him. I don't think he's been in double digits once this this year in six games. I'm looking at it now. Okay, he was he had eleven against the Lakers. His other games, two points, four points, nine points, two points, four points. Like, I mean, that's not cutting it. He need you know he has to be a contributor on the offensive end to be a solid uh, player in the NBA. And he has to – his roles to the rim have to be impactful in terms of freeing up other guys, and that's not happening either. So uh, you're right. I mean, I've, I've been a big supporter of him for a while. I've never said he was the answer at the five. I just thought he was pretty sure. decent for – the. you know, I didn't think he was, like, wildly overpaid like a lot of people thought. I thought he was fine, a fine role player that can contribute to a playoff team. And right now he's just – he's not that, and it's inarguable. Like, he's just not a good player. He's – hurting them in the starting lineup and he is making them get off to these slow starts where they kind of have to dig themselves out with these poor defensive starts because teams just keeps having layup lines against him. Yeah. And, and they, the Mavericks are switching a lot more on defense. They keep talking about that. 
because they have switchable guys, I guess, is the is the understanding. But none of the switchable guys, except for Richardson, can guard anybody, and to a lesser extent, Dorian Finney-Smith. And I'm not. I'm just not sure what they're going for here. I, I suppose when you know we've talked about this. Obviously, Porzingis helps a lot. Playing Luka and Porzingis helps a lot, guys. We understand. I, I, I'm not. It's just from a from a like X's nose standpoint. I don't understand what is supposed to be happening. Are they supposed to be stopping these forays to the rim? Because everyone gets to the rim on them. It's not hard. It's 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 very it's very confusing. The I, I want to talk about why. Well, let's in a few minutes. I think we'll get to why the Mavericks kind of don't have much of a choice about playing Powell. Uh, but let let's go to the last starter in Dorian Finney-Smith, who is having an unbelievably rough shooting regression um, in, in terms of starting the year. I I feel. I feel kind of bad for him because he he doesn't take volume like Tim. Um, so watching him, uh, watching him shoot like he has, where he you know against the against the the, the Bulls tonight, he was zero for three. And I'm gonna go pull up his total for the year while we're talking here. He is now he's eight for thirty on the year, and that like that it's not a high volume, but it's still twenty six percent from the floor, and that. We're looking at the player that you and I argued that he was for the, you know, 2016 through 2019, basically. And I, I don't know. I, I think he swings it around. I do. Cause his, there's something there. He's, he, he wasn't, he's not going to be a 38% shooter, but I also don't think he's a 30% shooter. Like he's got to be 33, 34. I think, I think that guy's in there. Yeah. But uh, I, I wonder Kirk, is a slump from Dorian Finney-Smith from what the 37-38 he was last season to 33-34. Does he bring enough to the rest of the game to make that drop-off worth it to be a starter on a team that has grand aspirations? Yeah. Um, and I know that's a big question to ask after the sixth no, game. No, it's, it, it's season, not. But... Because Sharks told me in the middle of last year, the middle of last season, Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer said, I think the Mavericks are going to go as far as the Dorian Finney-Smith spot takes them. And it's been a little prescient because in big games, teams don't care. Like the Bulls announcers were like, "We, the Bulls shouldn't care if he shoots threes. And he brings a lot to the table because he crashes the boards hard. He's a great secondary defender. I've liked his defense a lot more now that he's not being forced to guard the best guy. I just think he's been a little more impactful on that end. But I don't know. It's it's ugly. I think what's what's a shame about his, his three-point shooting slump is I actually think in these six games so far, he's made some pretty good attacks on closeouts and getting to the rim and scoring. Um, he had an, He had one early in the game today. I think he had a couple against the Heat because uh, he was five of eight from the floor against the Heat, even though he still can't really hit threes. So I think that part, like he looks a little bit more comfortable when a team is, uh, you know, when a defender is closing out on him. But now he's just, not, <laughs> which I thought would be the hard part with him, you know, but now he's not making shots, uh, three point shots, which that's a shame because I, I have liked his ability to attack closeouts with a hard, hard dribble and kind of straight line drives, but. If he's not making threes, that kind of cancels it out in a, in a big way. Uh, so, yeah, it, and it's it's one of those things where it's like it's not like he's taking bad shots. Uh, he's getting good open threes. They, uh, so is like almost all of the team. 
They just got to make them one of these games. They got to have a good night from, from, from deep. Well, and then we got to pivot to the bench guys. And this is where things get very unfortunate outside of Kleba. It, it, you know, everybody gets so excited about Willie Cauley Stein being an athletic Marvel, which he is, but he had six fouls in 12 minutes. He made some absolute boneheaded plays and there's a reason he's not going to be the starter because I mean, I I wouldn't mind it at this point, but I, I don't for I don't see Rick Carlisle ever starting him when he just keeps doing the dumb thing. At least Dwight Powell fails making the right choice as opposed to Willie doing the wrong thing two out of every three times on defense. He's just he he's he he can't rebound. He gave up tons of boards um to to Wendell Carter Jr. tonight. I, I was I was just I was grossed out by how he played. <laughs> Uh, I think what sums up his entire career is uh, that play in the second half. I can't remember his third or fourth quarter. I think it was the fourth quarter where he took that charge with both of his feet in the restricted, in the restricted area and moving. Yeah. He was moving too. Like, you know, it, it would usually when guys get called for charge because of the restricted area, it's like they have their heel one foot, you know, one foot, one heel is on the line. But he had one foot all the way in, and the second foot was basically all the way in too. And it was just hilarious. Like it was like you were so like that is so not good and not smart. Uh, like that's the kind of play that gets made, and and that was an and one for the Bulls. By the way, the, the player uh, converted that shot. I don't, I can't remember if they made the free throw, but it was still like the Bulls made a shot there, uh, an and one there. Like that's the kind of stuff that like yes, you see the four or five shooting, and you see the eight points. And when people get mad that he doesn't play more, like those are the plays. That's why he doesn't play more. And, right. and you could disagree with that and be like, you know what? I'd rather live with the bad because Dwight Powell's not giving me anything. And to be honest, I can kind of understand that right I now. I would too. That's where um, I am. Yeah. Because right. it's, it's, it's fairly like what watching Powell fail at doing what he cannot do at the moment is much more upsetting to me than watching a guy who doesn't have enough time to really get into the flow. I saw, I sort of wonder what would happen. And I, I think I know the answer. He like, like Willie will also suck. Like that is the answer, but <laughs> maybe after, after five, really, I guess it's nine or eight games now with Powell, if we include preseason, I'm just not sure what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I, and it's, what's really funny is Rick is usually one to mix things up with the starting lineup. And he is like, remember last season, where they could just not decide on a starting lineup until they got like what into the middle of November. Basically, once Seth got uh, sick and he had to start Tim Hardaway Jr., that's basically how long it took uh, for them to find to settle into the starting lineup. And it's been really odd to see Rick not do like he's a tinkerer. Like that's yeah. his thing, and he has not touched that starting lineup. Um, he this is the first starting lineup change of the season. It's only because Luca didn't play. Uh, I think what last season at this time they had like two or three starting lineups. I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's that's been odd to me. I'm wondering why he's so ironclad with this starting lineup, and especially you know. And I know this is me breaking my own rule because you don't really need to. You don't listen to what Rick says to the media because he's not playing straight with you. But <laughs> he 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 did talk about in the preseason how like you know early on like there's there's going to be like a fluidity as they figure things out. And I mean, it's pretty obvious that that is not the case, but we'll see. Uh, tomorrow's a back to back. I wonder if with Powell and the Achilles and his recovery, I wonder if that is 
what they use to get him out of the starting lineup tomorrow, and, and we'll see. You know, Collie Stein only played 12 minutes, so if he does, if he doesn't foul every two minutes, he's on the floor. You would expect him just by default, and since they're on a back to back, for him to play more, uh, so long as he doesn't foul out. Yeah. Well, I just uh, I'm not sure because you know Powell cannot guard Christian Wood. That no. cannot be a thing that they have happen tomorrow. I the answer is. And I wrote this, and you know this. The answer is Rick Carlisle. No, like it. It becomes just a cascade because they don't want to have to play Boban a lot. That's why he didn't go back in. I'm sure fans, casual people, why didn't Boban play more? Well, because Boban can't play more, guys. That's why. Because he's, he's <laughs> Boban can't play more. Because Boban can't play more. That's that's if you watch him pick and roll, it's very frustrating. Um, you know, the rest of the bench wasn't really, you know. James Johnson has second game in a row that he's kind of, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think him not having the ball in his hands, sometimes he gets a little confused about what he's supposed to do. Trey Burke had another lackluster game where, you know, it's looking like his, uh, his microwave in the, in, in Orlando was, you know, this is why he was a available free agent heading into Orlando last year when he's not playing great. He's very, very mediocre. And that's like, you know, and it just kind of goes all the way down the bench where this feels, this is just one of these performances where it becomes very clear that unless, you know, the, the, the offensive scheme is resulting in guys performing up to the, the ability, because again, I, I thought a lot of the Maverick shot quality tonight was pretty good. They it's been pretty good all season. So it's, it, that part is very, very frustrating for me. So I'm not really sure. Um, what else um, is supposed to happen other than, you know, they just need to kind of play better. And I'm not sure when the get right stretch is going to be, because as you and I mentioned the other night against the heat, that was a victory, but it wasn't one that I walked away felt feeling particularly good about. And the loss of the bulls following it up two days later kind of puts a, you know, an exclamation point on that sentiment. Yeah. Um, and I think, Another thing that I'm I'm wondering uh, if this is going to happen, you know, I, you're Jane, I want to circle back to James Johnson. Uh, I think the way he's being used, like, I don't know if he's a, tw- like, he doesn't play a lot. And when he had that good stretch with the Timberwolves uh, to close last season, uh, one, it was after the All-Star, you know, it was February. It was like February, March, which you really have to take that stretch of the NBA schedule Right with a grain of salt because that's like the dead zone of the NBA when good team good teams are resting for the playoffs and bad teams are trying to lose as many games as they can like it's kind of like a weird dead period so any guy popping off during that period you kind of have to side eye it like a little bit when you're when you're thinking about it so there's that and then there's the fact that I don't know if he's the type of player I could be talking out my ass but like playing 12 minutes and you know maybe not necessarily handling the ball a lot because he's always playing with either like a Brunson or a Burke. Like he he seems to be a player that really needs rhythm and flow. Like I don't think he's the type of guy that can just kind of stand around the three point line and be a spot up guy for two or three possessions in a row, and then all of a sudden you give him the ball and expect him to do something with it. Right. Like, I don't I don't think I don't think that works for him. Uh, and with the Mavericks offense, a lot of their offense is not necessarily guys standing around doing anything, but it's a lot of you know one guy with the ball in his hands, pick and roll, kick out to shooter and shoot. Um, that's what you know that's kind of a lot of their offense so i don't know he he, he 
it's kind of a catch-22. Do you give him the ball more and do you try to involve him more and, and see what happens to get him going? Is, is that better for the team? I don't know. But I, I think that's why he looks a little out of sorts because uh, I just don't think he's the type of guy that can kind of stand around and watch others dribble and then get the ball and be expected to do something. Yeah. I think that kind of hurts. I think that hurts his rhythm. But otherwise, um, I'm trying to think of like what else. Like we've kind of hit a lot of what I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's pretty frustrating that Josh Green can't get any minutes um in a game where Luca doesn't play. Yeah, I know Luca is technically a guard and not a forward, but still when you when you move Brunson into the starting lineup and so that Burke is your only bench guard, like Kirk, look at the bench. The bench was they play Bobon and Maxi and Willie Colleystein. That's three bigs with Klebuck being a, a four five player. You know, James Johnson who plays four, and then Burke, who's a guard. Like they don't like in green is very clearly a three. Like it's very interesting to me that they really don't want to have like a wing come off the bench for this team, a perimeter, like a real true perimeter player wing. Like it's James Johnson. That's about it. I figured with, with Luca out and Brunson in, uh, I thought that might open the path for green to get some minutes because maybe Rick would look at it and be like, man, we need a kick in the ass. Like this team is is scuffling a little bit. And Green, for all his warts, I'm sure as a rookie and being unpolished, you know, you would assume he would at least like be like the Energizer Bunny out there and just jumping around and and, and trying to do stuff and and trying to play defense and trying to hustle and rebound and do what he can to stay on the floor. So that that was a little disappointing, but I'm also I can't you know I feel like I'm going to go down a dark rabbit hole of mad right. draft despair if i start getting into this. Like, no, that's that's yeah. understandable. So, well, we're going to be right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be right back at this tomorrow night because yep. the Mavs turn around and play the Rockets. I don't know if that game is home or away. Let me take a look here. Um, it seems that they play at Houston, so they're flying. You know, they're on a plane right now. Everybody's gonna look a little sluggish. Game's gonna be on NBA TV at seven o'clock. Uh, so we'll be here tomorrow night talking about whatever's happening there. And you know, we should all kind of cross our fingers. Hope for a Mavericks victory, because folks, I will tell you what: if the Mavericks start the season two and five, things are not going to be good. Kirk, so, uh, I'm looking. Sorry, I just want to bring this up before we go. Man, look at the schedule. Like you were, you were thinking about like where's the get right game? Yeah. Houston tomorrow, Denver Thursday, Orlando Saturday, and Orlando's been pretty pretty feisty. Yep. New Orleans on Monday. They've also been a little feisty, and then that Charlotte team that just beat you. Uh, and then Milwaukee. <laughs> so yeah. that's your next six games. Yeah. So I don't know where the get right game is there. We'll see. Hell, we'll be back with you tomorrow night. This has been Josh and Kirk with Maz Moneyball Off the Dark. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs>